Santa Peggy, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Hurry down the chimney tonight. Hurry down the chimney tonight. Let's go. Wow. That is amazing. That is so I, I didn't get the chance I to love- listen earlier and wow, I'm just blown away. Shout out to our very own Daniela uh, down in the bottom. Uh, she's normally a co-host with us, but absolutely crushed that. Moose, what's going on? You're coming down the chimney tonight. God, you sound so beautiful right now. Uh, <laughs> how's you guys' weeks going? Dude, I am so happy to be here. Uh, wow. How do I sound? Am I sounding clear? Am I too loud? Uh, just, just so I know. You sound so good to me, Moose. Don't uh, no, lie, because you... now I'm in my feels for you. <laughs> uh, as you guys can tell, uh, Moose also got a soundboard, so he's been uh, practicing with that. Uh, tonight, we have our very own uh, special guest, Funky Dunk. We'll get to him after our session with Mint Media. But, child, how was your weekend, brother? My weekend was pretty good. Uh, just chilled out for the most part, which I think was much needed after several weeks kind of just going hard with Miami and uh, work and all that stuff. What about you, PP? Did you catch the uh, the Miami flu, the Miami airdrop that everybody got? Uh, no, I missed it. I missed it. Oh, so man. I, yeah. I was chilling out. I got to watch some World Cup, you know, see the – uh, the oh, final, what? which was a phenomenal game. What a game. crazy last game that was. Oh, yeah. Insane. Moose, were you watching it? Oh, yeah, I watched that. That was absolutely insane. One of the craziest sporting events I've ever seen, honestly. I can confidently say that. That comeback was insane. And then, the like, normally shootouts are kind of like, eh. But, like, man, what a way to end that one. Chuck. Yeah, that was pretty good. I feel like people, you know, generally think soccer is a boring sport, and you know, if that's the one game that people watch, uh, I think that might change some opinions, which as a soccer fan, I appreciate. Uh, normally, we host these from Moose's account or my account. This is PP, the tweets, uh, speaking if you didn't know. Uh, but we figured we'd start hosting these from the Chillin' uh, podcast account. Um, and look at the bottom right-hand corner, Moose. We have a purple bubble. For the first time, I think, in history of this show. So if you guys that are listening want to comment, um, tell us what you're doing for uh, Christmas or Hanukkah. Tell us what you got planned for this next week. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, agents, bringing him up to the stage finally. What's going on, my man? What's up, guys? I love hosting from the Chilling account. It, it adds some color to the to the stage, you know? You just you just don't like my red penguin. You want to be the only red. Ah, ah, you see, am I that transparent? <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're doing, man. Do not hide it. I understand completely. Uh, all right, it's that time of the night again, or you know, for the first time. And Wilson, what do you got for us? What's going on, guys? PP, I'm a little uh, disappointed. I, I pinged you in Discord to send me the name of the track. I'm still waiting. All right, I, I'll tell. Hang on, let me change my voice. Uh, it is, <laughs> it is Tech Knowledge by Peter Spacey, available on Artlist.io. Um, love that website. 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How are you all doing today? Doing fantastic, man. Before you go on, I see our buddy, Minister of NFTs, down the bottom. I love seeing MFers down in the listeners. What's going on, Minister? Uh, glad He's you're here. Go ahead. He is the best. I have to say that. He's like the coolest guy we, uh, out there. We just had a uh, five penguin sweep, I think, for around 22 ETH. So, good way to kick off the spaces. Mm. We'll get into that later. Yeah, for oh, sure. love, well, we love the penguin sweeps. Oh yeah. Well, hopefully we get some we get some more tonight. But uh, as always, everyone, my name is Wilson. I'm the founder of Mint Media. I'm here with Chuck. We're on the Chillin' Podcast every week. You know, providing our thoughts on the current market, the current situation, what the heck is going on, um, why are penguin JPEGs worth over five thousand dollars? You know, all that good stuff. You know, 2022 has certainly been a wild year to to say the least. Um, from the insane NFT bull run we had down to what has been an absolute brutal second half of the year. Um, on the bright side, if you're listening to me rant right now, it's nice to see you're, you're still alive, uh, most likely, or, or hanging out by a thread. But the last week has been really, really quiet. And I think that, you know, we'll probably continue this way for the rest of the year, or, you know, the next 12 days. But it's the perfect time to start planning for 2023 while everybody's out partying and vacationing. And, you know, hopefully you're, you're touching a little grass as well. But now's the time to really prepare uh, for what's coming because 2023 could be a really interesting year. But today I want to just have a fun conversation with all with you all for the next 10 minutes and make some big predictions for 2023. So I'll, I'll start quickly. But overall, I think we're going to get a huge influx of new users coming in in 2023. And we already saw this happen last week with the Trump NFTs. But uh, my biggest thing that I mentioned uh, either two, three weeks ago on here was that I think the biggest narrative for NFTs, at least in the first half of 2023, is going to be the IP meta. So owning your IP and projects branding themselves as brands instead of NFT projects. So a lot of these new mints aren't going to kind of brand themselves as NFTs, but more of these digital asset brands. And look, while I feel super cozy and comfortable that my penguins are leading the charge here, I think every project going forward is going to try to sell you on some sort of IP ownership, and only a few are going to succeed, sort of similar to the PFP Ponzi. But my main takeaway here is that you should watch out for all those new PFPs that are going to brand themselves as these revenue-generating companies while you know giving you a super vague answer of how they're going to get there. But with that, I'm going to open it up to you, Chuck, because I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, thanks, Wilson. I thought that was a great great overview uh, and prediction. And I think kind of segueing or, or dovetailing off of that, I think my prediction for 2023 is, you know, as we, as we see these NFTs kind of pivot in terms of their marketing strategy and how they're presenting themselves to, uh, you know, potential buyers, I think one thing we'll definitely see, uh, for, especially from some uh, existing projects that have had success so far is I think we're going to see some consolidation. And what I mean by that is I think we're going to see, um, some NFT projects actually acquiring other NFT projects. And I think this is going to be a really interesting, um, a really interesting thing to watch for two reasons. Number one, uh, touching on what Wilson pointed out earlier, which is the IP rights and uh, everything that comes with that and, and seeing how certain NFT projects value the IP rights of other NFT projects. And then secondly, I also think it's going to be a really, uh, I think it'll be a really interesting and frankly effective uh, user acquisition strategy. I think it'll 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 help to kind of bridge the gap between all of these different siloed 
uh, communities that are kind of, you know, they're very tribalistic as, as we kind of all know. And I think uh, the, through the acquisition of NFT projects kind of coming under together in, uh, under one umbrella and also be, becoming a part of a bigger ecosystem, I think that'll, that will uh, do a lot to kind of enlarge already existing communities and, and bring them together. So I think that's going to be a really interesting dynamic that I think we're going to see play out more and more as we go into 2023. That's that's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I can imagine that working, especially along like some of the cute meta communities. But at the same time, like if you start acquiring a project, like I think the potential to dilute your own brand there is like pretty significant. So I don't know. That's kind of a uh, we'll see how that plays out. It could certainly be that uh, you know these these projects acquire other projects to kind of sunset them out, or at least like remove the the competition, kind of like. Yuga did with um, with punks a little bit. Yeah, there was actually a I think uh, it was Knights of Degen. I think that if anyone's heard of that project before, um, they acquired like it was the first time I saw it. They acquired like a uh, project Dino Monks like a few months back. Um, don't really know anything about either of them, but it was interesting to see. And to your point, uh, the uh, child like your spot on there they were basically acquiring the project from what i know at a high level to basically sunset the project they were acquiring and just bring all of their users and take like the leftover treasury to build out their ecosystem but i agree completely chuck i haven't really heard that take at all before and i think that's something we'll definitely see and i think we'll see that a lot with like the mid cap projects so you know a lot of those projects that peaked out at a two to three ETH floor during the bull. We're really strong there for a while. I always like to use Cool Man's Universe as an example, um, not to hate on them, just something I, I think it's a good example for that. Um, but projects like that probably merging together, um, trying to really strengthen the remaining survivors of the community. I mean, while a lot of these projects, you know, they're down so bad, if you have a thousand people still active every day on Twitter repping them, you know, it might not die and, you know, merging may be the best way to go, but, you know, I guess we'll see. And I, I think that's a really good take Chuck. What, um, you know, what's, what's interesting to me is that we're going to have an, another market emerge about how you value these NFT projects, because I mean, Listen, Pudgy Penguins was the most famous acquisition, but famously, it was really just a shell that got bought. There were, you know, there were no user funds. So you start throwing in, well, we have a treasury, we have these funds standing there. How does that add to the value? Are our Discord metrics important to people? Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's fascinating for me to see how that's going to go. Because if you remember during the pandemic if you're involved in like the SaaS industry or anything, those projects, those like products or apps, they were tra trading at like 10 X revenue, you know, and it's, uh, and now everything's like two X three X. So, uh, it'll be curious how those dynamics really leak into, um, I guess retail's experience of the markets, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think right now, I think this is a good point, kind of bridging the gap between how traditional businesses are, are valued in, in you know, public equity markets versus, you know, how we value NFTs, which is frankly completely arbitrary. And I think, uh, I think 
as we move forward and and as these projects consolidate as these projects start to generate revenue on a recurring basis uh and you know they they really emerge as real businesses i think i think that gap will start to close more and more which is which i think will be very interesting yeah 100 percent. chuck wilson Before the music ends, Chuck and Wilson, do you guys like do a little dance, do a little jiggle as the music's going? Be honest. I'd, I'd be lying if I said no. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Uh, Funky Donk. Yo, who, what's who, who the hell is Funky Donk? What it, who like, is Funky tell, Donk? Tell me Just who tell you it. are. Who is Funky Donk? Funky Donk is a, is, a, is a construct. I'll put it that way. It's a construct. It was a... a well, I shouldn't say that now Funky Donk is a, is a living, breathing person you're talking to, but uh, <laughs> Funky Donk is also... Uh, my real name is Gavin Purcell. I have known uh, the uh, character here known as PP for a very, very long time. I got it's almost been, I think, 15 plus years at least, um, which is very yeah. cool. And I, I feel very... We know how old PP is. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't have to <laughs> rub it in our face. And I've, uh, I think I've probably got like five to ten years on PP. So so I'm not actually sure, PP, how old you are. But I, I definitely... I am the elder. I am elder to PP. Let's put it that way. I will dox my age. I am 37 years old, Funky Donk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moose, I told you to never push those buttons. <laughs> Oh, Moose has the soundboard now? Yeah. That's dangerous. But yeah, uh, me and Funky don't go way back. Um, tell us, Gavin, like, what is a little bit about your background? Um, what are you doing now? What did you used to do? How do we know each other? Yeah, okay. Well, well why don't I start, uh, start when I was born? I was born a very long time ago. No, I'm gonna, I, uh, so um, I think probably it's worth starting where PP and I met each other. So I started um i work in tv or like i can think of as media right because it's more than just tv now it's tv digital media and a whole bunch of other stuff um i started my first kind of big big kind of gig that i actually enjoyed was i worked at the original g4 which if you don't know was a was a cable channel that was created originally for gamers and then kind of expand expanded into like technology and a bunch of other stuff and digital media the internet and I worked at the original G4, like I was actually there a month after it launched and I ran their gaming news show, which was called Pulse. This is a thousand years old at this point. But then kind of at one point it merged with what was known as Tech TV. Some people loved that. Some people hated it. But we all kind of created something together with the two groups. I was responsible to take what used to be known as a show called The Screensavers and kind of reimagine it for the internet, early internet media age. And that show was called Attack of the Show. Um, I was the showrunner of Attack of the Show, and I like to think of myself as a co-creator. There were probably about three to five other people, um, very talented people involved in co-creating that show, um, one of whom is Kevin Rose, uh, who was there in the very beginning uh, when we did that show, uh, was, a, was a host along with Kevin Pereira and a bunch of other very, very smart and funny people. Eventually, Kevin Rose left, and the kind of show came to prominence with Kevin Pereira and Olivia Munn as the main hosts. Uh, I was a showrunner. I left that show in 2008 to go work with Jimmy Fallon on the beginning of Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. So um, PP was uh, so uh, PP. I sort of remember. Were you a, a paid staffer when I was there, or were you only an intern? I can't remember. I was exactly. an intern, and then I think you 
um, as you you were gone about a month after um, I left as my internship, but the news had dropped that you're going to Jimmy Fallon, and we're all super stoked for you. But man, just thinking back to like that time, it was so funny. Like the first iPhone had dropped, uh, (laughs) and like everyone, it was so fun to be a nerd and just working on that show and. It reminds me so much of what what you guys did with Attack of the Show and G4 Bang That. It reminds me so much of the feeling that I get from interacting with people on Web3. And yep, 100%. I, I, I kind of feel like that's why you're here. Is that the reason you like feel like the Web3 love? I, I think so. I think one of the things I really loved about that show was I always tell people still, all the other cool stuff I've done, including with Jimmy, is like that was my favorite job of all time. And I think it was because we were just pursuing and covering stuff that we thought was cool and then making stuff based on those things. Right. Which I think is a lot of what web three is about. Like web three is entirely about in my mind, by the way, the the penguins incredible community, like I've been following them for a while through PP, but other stuff too. It's a really incredible community. And the thing I was going to say is that so much of what these things are is about communities, right? Like, and you can talk all you want about floor price. You can talk all you want about, what the next drop is going to be, whatever. The only thing, I swear to God, the only thing that stays uh, solid throughout all this stuff is community. And the thing that's kind of cool about Web3 to me is that like in when we had Attack of the Show back then, it was like you create a community and all these people are participating. But in some ways, what's cool about the Web3 world is you're all participating and you all have a little piece of ownership of it too, right? So like I've kind of started to think of Web3 as like the idea of collective ownership. And, and you know, it, uh, it's a little bit of a unique kind of special thing in, in Web3. And it can work in positive ways and in negative ways, right? Like there's definitely worlds where you can see people kind of turn on a project and that can hurt the project. And, and then it really is on the leadership and on the community to make sure that things are working right. But when it's cool, when it's fun, you really do connect with things in a much different way because you feel like you're part of something. And I think that's like, all the promise that social media had, all the kind of exciting stuff that kind of came around, around the like kind of UGC revolution, which was YouTube, which was, you know, even Twitch, all this stuff. The coolest thing about Web3 to me is that like, we all kind of have a little piece of this thing. And then, you know, you, it depends on what communities you're in. You can be in multiple communities or you can go deep on one. And, and I just think that part of it's pretty awesome. I, I love that part of it. It sounds like you've been listening to our uh, CEO, Luke and Nats, a little bit about owning that IP and owning that, um, you know, owning that image. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the penguins. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's I would a, say, by the way, real quick about Luca, I think that like what Luca has been doing, especially so, so there's a couple things. First of all, Luca, super brilliant moves he's been making. I've been following very closely. I think he's super smart. I think the, the merchandising stuff that's happening with penguins is phenomenal. The thing that I am most impressed by, and I think this is the first time I've seen this in this space in a real significant way is to have taken a, a community like Penguins, which was so great in the beginning and then kind of went through this giant transition phase, obviously, um, and, to, and to have lifted it up so much and provided leadership. Like, I'm just in awe. Like, I really think Luca's done an incredible job. So big time shout out to that guy for, for sure. A hundred percent. I have a question. This may or may not be true, but in my head, I've made it true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hear it. What is it. Are you the reason? Did you red pill Jimmy uh, Fallon? To Web3? Okay, so I can kind of tell the, I'll tell you guys what the kind of backstory on my end is. Is I, I mean, here's the thing about Jimmy, which is is really cool to know. Oh, I should tell people. So I, so I started, just to quote back really quickly. So in 2008, I left Attack of the Show. I went to New York City, got to work in 30 Rock, 
Started Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, stuck around all the way through 2016, through The Tonight Show, left The Tonight Show to go work on a bunch of other stuff, ran a show for Sarah Silverman called I Love You America on Hulu, ended up going back to The Tonight Show for a year to kind of to run it on a temporary basis just to kind of get them through a period. It ended up being through COVID, so did a lot of the at-home stuff, and then ended up back now in LA where I'm working on my own stuff, working on Web3 stuff, which we can get into later. But um, back to Jimmy. So... Jimmy um, is always Jimmy. One of the reasons Jimmy and I clicked early on is because we're just super curious people. We're both super curious people. And not a lot of people know this about Jimmy, but he was a computer science major. Like he's pretty technical. He has always been technical and has like a pretty interesting background. Um, He was a big gamer, a huge gamer um, growing up. And so he and I, when we first met, we were talking about all this crazy stuff. It was like, I remember meeting him for the first time and I was thinking, I don't know what I'm going to think about this, but I immediately clicked on a bunch of nerdy stuff with him. So he's, he has a lot of good nerdy things. I got into Web3 and I kind of, I I told him about it and I showed him about it. And I I remember one time I was telling him, so if anybody doesn't know this, my, uh, uh, my first big kind of onboarding community in this space was Anonymize, which if you're not familiar with Anonymize, they're awesome, um, fully on-chain, OG kind of project. A lot of really, really deep technical knowledge comes out of it. Um, definitely check them out if you haven't. But I remember telling him about Mice early on, and this is before I doxed myself. I only doxed myself about a month and a half ago. Um, and he followed the Mice account. And this was back in like, you know, whatever, mid-September of last year, not that far after Mice launched. And uh, I remember everybody in the Mice Discord was saying, oh my God, Jimmy Fallon followed Mice. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna buy Mice, he's gonna buy Mice. And I was like, I had just kind of told him about it and I wasn't expecting him to follow it. So he followed it. So like, in some ways, yes, I am responsible for him finding out about that. That said, Jimmy is also good friends with Rose and a bunch of other people and is a very smart person on his own and has done his own kind of exploring in that space as well, if that makes sense. 100%. Moose with the hand. Dude, you don't have to raise your hand. You're a co-host, Moose. Come on. Uh, I like way, Moose is the uh, hand respecter. Your, Moose, I love your uh, videos. They're very, very uh, engaging and, and I feel endearing. So nice job. Bonky Doc, which video in specific? You know, I don't know. I just, I feel like I've seen three or four of them and they all kind of run together in my brain, but in a good way. <laughs> it's like, I think that you are one of the more, uh, more positive people in the space. And I really appreciate people like that. Funky doc. Thank you so much. Those words are so kind. Um, I wanted to say that a lot of people say that I look like Jimmy Fallon. Like the first thing people tell me, like you look like Jimmy <laughs> Fallon. <laughs> Is that right? Well, that's fun. Why not? Yeah. You, you, you look like him or your penguin does. I mean, I guess it's both at this point, but <laughs> I think me IRL. What do you think, um, PP, at all? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> not a, not a chance, bro. Yeah, I not can't say chance. I'm seeing I'm, that one either. I'm sorry. My whole hey, life. I'd be very suspicious of any criticism coming from from people who say you look like Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah, so, this this is both a blessing and in, in some ways a curse. <laughs> Funky, I don't know if you've ever seen Moose's like uh, his first foray that got him into like penguin like stardom. But his I am a penguin. Was it a video? It It was last year. He like was on his Twitter space and was screaming at the top of his lungs, "I am a penguin, and my penguin is me." And it went viral, and everybody was talking about it. Uh, Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, Jonathan Mann, uh, a you know, co-friend of ours yep. uh, wrote a song about him. Um, but yeah, we love the moose. That's awesome. Sorry. So, so moose, was that your only question? Whether or not you look like him or did you have another question? <laughs> yeah, no, I was listening <laughs> to what you said. I can't want to say just to say that I look like him. Everybody said, no, 
Uh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Anyway, I just wanted to hear people's opinions on that. But yeah, Funky, that's so nice. Uh, and I can't wait to connect with you and learn more about you in this space. Hey, yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So I'll, I'll jump in with a question that Moose doesn't have one. But like, I think your PFP is super cool. It's it giving me it's kind of giving me Santa vibes right now uh, with Christmas. So I'm curious, what is your PFP? And is it your project? I just looked at your bio and it looks like you have multiple projects going on. So yeah, so, okay. this is this is a this is a good chance. So I promise this is not like me shilling. But this is a this is one of the I, I am a giant fan, as I'm sure people a lot of people in the space are I, I like really doing dumb, goofy stuff, right? Like and, and the way I look at kind of NFTs is yeah, sure, they're investment, but also like I really like to kind of push forward what I think of as like fun ideas rather than ideas which are like, you know, maybe super serious or, you know, my first project I launched was back in February of this year with a couple friends. We launched a project called Sheep Fighter, which was about um, on-chain uh, GPT-3 generated fighting spreadsheets, which was super fun. Uh, we had a whole, um, it was a card battler, but each, each, of, the, each of the cards was designed uh, so GPT-3 generated their name and their, and their attack and defense and heal moves. So it was this very kind of crazy thing. So I like to play around with AI. It's something that's super fascinating to me. And, and I also wanted to launch a project um, that was entirely mine that I did by myself, which I've never kind of done before. Cause I, I you know, <laughs> Mouse Dev is listening here who is the smartest, most technical person I know in terms of uh, blockchain stuff. But I don't know a lot of the technical side. I know enough to make myself dangerous, but I don't know, I'm not a Solidity developer, right? So I wanted to take um, a very dumb idea um, and to try to kind of create something entirely by myself. So my PFP is a project that I made by myself. I released it last week. I spent a couple of weeks working on, uh, it's very small supply. Uh, and it's called Old Men with White Beards. So it is 300 uh, old men with white beards. Uh, you can go on OpenSea and you can see them there. Uh, I spent about a very long time making sure that even though it's an AI generated project, that they all looked similar. They had kind of a similar sort of style, that they all kind of were facing the right direction, that they all felt like the right thing, and that they all had a lot of weird, really weird, fun traits. So like if you go and explore the collection, there's a, there's like five one of ones there's a bunch of them that have party hats they all have something called extra fun where that's like special traits and and i made a bunch of fun stuff so i wanted to do something that felt weird and unique and was all my own so yeah and it launched for free it was a free launch um last week and you know it's been uh the plan with i i think with it is i'm telling people it's kind of like it's i'm gonna call it a funky pass which is like a pass to kind of mint stuff of mine in the future and i think i will do more stuff uh i think i'll probably you know open up my brain to kind of figure out i'm, I'm trying to decide right now i, I kind of have an idea to expand the old man with be white beards universe to try to make more people in this kind of universe and kind of make it something interesting but i uh i just had a really fun time doing it and to me that's kind of this beauty of the nft space right is like how can you experiment? How can you try to do stuff? And, and definitely, if you're not technical, there's really a lot of ways to do it now, right? Like, I mean, I, I see myself as an artist. I've done a lot of art stuff in my, in my past. I'm a writer and a creator, but I'm not like a programmer. So in my instance, I used, you know, uh, Stable Diffusion and a bunch of AI tools from Photoshop to kind of make the art. And then I used Bueno, and if you're familiar with Bueno, to kind of do the, the kind of the harder work of the Solidity side now, granted, next time if I do this, I think I would probably partner with somebody just because 
Bueno's great, but it's very entry level. But it was my kind of like starting point to the project. So that's that's the very long story. But yeah, check out uh, Old Men with White Beards if you get a second. You know what's funny, cool. uh, Funky is I first found your your Funky Dong. I knew Gavin. Uh, but I first found out about Funky Donk through Sheet Fighter, and it was one of the videos that popped up. I saw it and like instantly fell in love with it. Um, and it's so funny because a mutual friend of ours, Brian Brinkman, great artist, go follow him. In Amazing space, work. By the way, he's, he's just joined our space. Here. What? What's up, Brian? Yeah. But me and him had a conversation about our mutual friend Gavin, and I think like he told me like, "Hey, don't tell anybody, but he's on Web Three as Funky Donk." I was like, okay, cool. And, uh, dude, like a few months later, Sheet Fighter launched. And I was like, well, this is insane. And then whenever you doxed as Funky Donk, totally blew my mind. And then I was like, wait a second. And I remember the conversation with, with like, Brian. Like, it popped up in my head like a flashback. Like, remember, Funky Donk is seven percent. Uh, but, yeah, it was. it's so funny. I think you're one of the um, – It's it's fun seeing artists, like, totally grasp ai and like see the possibilities of what it can do instead of being really scared and turned off by it and i think uh you know sheet fighter is a good example of that uh prompto which i'm a huge fan of can you please tell us about prompto yeah so this is yeah i have i now that we say this i have so many weird things in my life project wise it's pretty crazy but yeah so i'm working on a, a, a another ai project that you all should check out it's called prompto and it's at promptogame.com and the best way to describe it is kind of like it's a it's if wordle was mixed with a game of ai telephone and when i say ai telephone the basic idea is this we ask um uh uh, uh gpt3 and now chat gpt to come up with clues that are uh to a specific uh thing so imagine like the movie is shawshank redemption so we say the movie Shawshank Redemption, we say to GPT-3 or ChatGPT, come up with five clues that visually describe this movie. Then we have Stable Diffusion make images based on, that, uh, on those clues. So, and then what the game is, is you have to go in and see the five clues, which get easier, or sorry, they start harder and get easier as you go along and guess what the thing that you're trying to guess is. So the first picture will be, you know, if it's Shawshank Redemption, maybe the clue would be something like, um, a man is uh, is accused of a of a crime, right? And so what we do is we take a man is accused of a crime, we put that into stable diffusion, and that's the first picture you see is the clue. So it's kind of a hard thing to guess in the beginning, but it gets easier as you go along. So yeah, at promptogame.com, right now it's a web app. Um, it's super fun to play. We launched it on Twitter originally, but it didn't work that well on Twitter because Twitter, as we all know, is going through its own thing, but also it's kind of funky right now. Um, so we launched as a web app. It's a lot more like Wordle now. You play one game a day, but we also have a very cool party version that's going to be coming out in about uh, a week or two where you can um, bring your friends into a room, kind of like a Jackbox game, play together and guess along. And, and we hope that it also could be like good for streamers as well. So it should be a fun thing. It's been, I, I tell you what, like just to go back to AI real fast, like one of the, th- I've been a lot of spaces. I have a really cool space that I host, that uh, co-host on Wednesdays called Keep NFT, if, NFTs Weird with Poof from Etheroryx. And, you know, we have a lot of really great artists on that space. And I think a lot of artists in this world and in general are kind of, you know, AI is kind of a scary thing, especially AI art. And, and you know, actually Brinkman and I have talked a little bit about this too, that I think one of the things is really important is always important for making sure that artists get recognized 
I think one of the greatest things about Web3 is that artists were able to get paid and I could talk up forever about the royalties debate. I, I really am disappointed that we're not getting artists royalties because I think that's a huge part of what why they're in Web3. But I think with AI, one of the things I think about with AI art is that AI art is a tool right now. It's a tool set, right? Like it's a tool that you can use to do interesting stuff. Like there's a lot, as we all know, and by the way, so to all, I can't remember what the name of the guys were who were talking about the, the NFT, you know, news and the, and the projects coming up and down. I think I know as much, like I am so deep in this world that I pay attention to like almost every project coming up. And I know all the stuff you guys are talking about. I'm, I'm like way too deep in this world. But in that vein, we all know like all these kind of shitty AI projects that have come out. And I say shitty, I don't mean like, I really don't mean that they're projects that um, are created by an individual. I think a lot of the stuff is just getting shitted out and then people want to like make uh, a quick buck on it. With my project with Old Man with White Beards, like I really took time and wanted to use AI as a tool, but I had an idea going into it. I had an idea of like what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do this. So I wasn't like shitting out an AI project. I was using AI as a tool to kind of make something that was an overall kind of art dynamic to me. And I think that's a real differentiation. And, and I think, you know, with AI art, it's, it's, it's a genie that's out of a bottle that always freaks the shit out of people because it's always scary to see stuff that's new the first time. I mean, I remember when, you know, I'm old enough and a lot of you guys in here aren't, but, or people in here aren't, but like, when, when, you know, Napster first came on the scene, it was fucking scary to lots of people, right? Like, and I, you know, we all know Lars Ulrich and everything went through that. And after time, like, it turned out that, like, sure, streaming could be a better, you know, maybe a better, and the music business could come back and everything like that. But in the beginning, it's scary as shit. So I think artists um, deserve to be paid and deserve to be recognized. I think there's going to be a lot to be said about how do you know um what artists are inside of a model like i don't know how much people know about the nft uh AI, sorry about the ai space but models are made up of lots of people and that said you know artists have been cribbing from other artists for years in different ways and this is a slightly different take on that it's a very complicated situation but to me it's a cool tool to use and as long as you're using it in a way that is additive to the space and, and interesting from an art perspective i think it's totally viable you know, it's super uh, interesting because when ChatGPT came out, like I had not played around with AI at all and just, you know, messed around a little bit with it. Even just some of my first prompts, I was like, hey, you know, like describe an NFT collection and what would the traits be and what would the, you know. So I would encourage you if you're just sitting here trying to listen to the space, uh, go on ChatGPT, play around with it, ask it some questions about NFTs and then uh, reply in that bubble you see in the bottom right hand corner and show us uh, some of the best things that you're able to make it do just throwing that out there agents what's up brother all right all right i have two questions first off we already established you have 10 years on pp do you also have a beard i, I do have a beard on okay it's, it's it's very um... is it white it's not white. I'm not that old. I'm not that old. I, All right. I so say, this this isn't the manifestation of a of a what's the middle life crisis, but on the other end. No. Yeah. Exactly. An old life okay. crisis. <laughs> yeah. An old life crisis. You said it. You said it. Not me. Um. No. But going going into this AI talk and and kind of what we touched on in the beginning about how these projects are acquiring communities. I, I'll be honest. My first knee jerk at the AI was fear because I, I like typed in, Hey, write me a listing description. And, and it just, it put me to shame. Anything I could write to promote real estate, what this, what this chat bot did. 
But then my schizophrenia tingles started going off, and I'm like, oh, holy no. crap. Combo combo this level of sophistication with, you know, a social media platform. And it's kind of like a what's the what's the term? Socialism? Like you're the only real person that exists. Right. 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 So how do you know like you're, you don't just get put into a, a bubble where all you're communicating with is AI? And then on the other hand, bring, bridging it back to Web3, if like the real value for these brands and companies is the community. And we already know that like chat services, engagement services, all those exist. We've seen accounts botting and what now. Um, like what metrics or KPIs would we use to like measure the strength of a community? You know? I think these are these are both good questions. So well, first of all, <laughs> I think they're, you know, I think we're a ways away from the world of uh, AI that's going to fully fool you in conversations. Not that far, probably, but, you know, for some people, maybe that's an okay thing. They want some more virtual friends and they would love to be surrounded by people that sounded more like them. But one of the things I appreciate is the diversity of thought. Like, uh, I'm in a small server called Midcurve and we have a podcast and these are friends of mine. And like, I love being in that server because I know they're smart people that I trust and I think are interesting and they're going to they're going to check me on things, right? They're going to tell me, oh, Funky, that's a dumb move. Or they're going to tell me, oh, Funky, they don't, don't do that. Or, oh, Funky, don't mint that Don't mint that thing because it's not going to be worth any money and I still do it anyway. But, like, that's how life goes, right? So, you, like, you have to, you have to be able to, like, recognize human diversity and, and, and learn from that stuff. Um, I think that that is going to be tricky going forward, though, because there definitely are you know, people uh, – sorry, people. There's definitely algorithms that are going to get better and better at – at learning how to talk like people do. I think when you spoke, you mentioned real estate, like I think one of the areas that AI content is going to kind of take over is the marketing, you know, kind of like business speak world, because there's so much stuff in there that's already kind of SEO friendly stuff. And like, it's not going to be that hard to kind of get past that again, especially using AI. Now what's not going to happen. I don't think for a while, I've seen a lot of writers, creative writers, because I write, you know, uh, uh, fiction also i write you know i've written comedy and stuff i think it's going to be a while before that stuff is interesting because one of the things that's really good about creativity is surprise and i think inherently these ai models are based on things that have happened before right as much as they're pulling stuff from everybody everywhere in the world what they're not doing is like making that extra connection of like surprise that kind of like opens the door to innovation. And that's the thing that I think that humans are going to have over AI for a while. Um, I think when we get to a place which probably isn't that far away, according to OpenAI and those guys of what's called AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, which is more the idea of building an AI that's kind of built like a human brain, then we're going to get into some weird places where you know, as they grow, as a baby grows, or as, a, as any sort of thing learns over time, maybe they will make those connections and that's going to be a very different sort of, of artificial intelligence than we have right now. Does that make sense? I know it's kind of a long-winded answer. It, it does, but I will say counterpoint in eighth grade, I spent three hours talking to a bot on mass effect, trying to get an alien <laughs> to sleep with me. Well, so, I've been there. I know that. and that was, remember, that was yeah, over was, 10 years ago. Thing. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> did it. Everybody did it. Yeah. We all knew the blue one was the hottest. <laughs> what was the outcome? Uh, 
success. <laughs> I, I, I'm still here talking about it 12 years later. So, I mean, it had an impactful experience on me, I guess. Here's, I, I the, think, here's the frightening thing. I wasn't in eighth grade. I think I was in, I think I was 25 <laughs> when I was doing that. No, that's yeah. just sad, bro. I shared an endearing memory. You just it shared was, a very sad one. It was for work purposes, though. You know, you had to. Right, of course. <laughs> um, one thing I like to tell artists who are like a, scared of AI, I'm like, you got to think of AI almost like what people thought like back in the day when calculators came out. And they're like, oh, this tool does the math for me. Like, this is, I can't use this. This is cheating. But, you know, it's calculators are a great tool for math. You got to think of AI as a great tool for art, in my yeah. opinion. And then yeah, you I find out you can put Pokemon on the calculator. Yeah. <laughs> there, you go. Dude, there you go. That was my first uh, programming language to learn, it was a basic on a TI 82. I used to make games in uh, calculus. I, I love basic. I, I Well, here's the thing. I'll go even further back than that. And this is, I don't think anybody in this space will even know what this is. There used to be a language called Logo, which was moving a turtle around a screen. And that was a teaching language way, way, way back when. That was my first program I worked in. But I wrote I wrote um, text-based games in basic. Uh, the go-to command, it was like the earliest of uh, video game programming, which was super fun for me. Yeah, and hey, I just want to take a moment here, guys. So... Uh, floors open if you want to come up if you have thoughts on AI community anything we're talking about or in the bottom right hand corner of your screen I want to hear your thoughts what during the whatever that news cycle was where everybody's paying five dollars for an AI avatar on Instagram or whatever what was your reaction was it hope was it fear was it oh my god my my job is in jeopardy here um we want to hear about it. So, bottom right hand corner. Hey, Speak. I. Uh, well, go. Oh, sorry, uh, uh, PP. Can I say something real fast? Yeah, go for it, man. So, uh, in in kind of interest of me coming on this space, um, and something I've been thinking about for a long time, because PP, as a, a an amazing advocate for the the penguins uh, uh, ecosystem, let's call it. Um, I today bought a pudgy penguin, everybody. I actually am a pudgy penguin owner now. I've been trying to get one for a while. I, I, <laughs> I hope freaking... you don't have anybody sleeping in your house right now <laughs> because something's about to happen. <clears throat> One second. Oh, no. What's this? What's going to go on? Anki, did you just say you have a pudgy penguin? I just did. I'll, in fact, I'll see if I can tweet a picture of it. I bought one about uh, two hours ago. It was my it was my first penguin, and I meant to get one a long time ago, and I finally did it today. The basis on both on this space, but also because I've been meaning to get in. Okay, how do you feel since you've gotten that pudgy penguin? You know, I feel on... pretty good. I feel pretty good. Do you feel like you are your penguin yet? <laughs> I don't know. Is that, is that where I have to go? I'm not sure. I'll that's, tell you what. I'll tweet a picture out. I'll show you. What, I'll, I'll see. If I'll listen, you're not escaping this conversation without answering that question. I really want to. I, I really want you to prepare well, for this. Well, okay. So warn um, any small children or dogs around you who are alarmed by loud noises. This is going somewhere. Yeah, it is going somewhere. Okay, I'll tell you what. I feel like yes. I feel like I am my penguin. I picked my penguin for a purpose, and I feel like I am my penguin. Right answer, but wrong in some ways. You'll say, okay. <laughs> no, no, okay. Funky. Funky, are you your penguin? And is your penguin you? Yes. Funky, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that happened to me not too long ago. I got my penguin, 
and I entered a Twitter Spaces, um, you know, piggybacking off of what PB said earlier. And I had so much emotion and passion for my penguin that I bought. And I screamed on the top of my lungs, I am my penguin and my penguin is me. And then I said it again, I am my penguin and my penguin is me. And every single word that I said, every single letter that I said, I felt it inside. I felt like a different person after saying that. I've been a different person after saying that. I am my penguin and my penguin is me, Funky. Say it. I am my penguin and my penguin is me. You fool. Funky, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I didn't hear you. Funky, I didn't hear you. Can you just say that just a, a little bit louder? Sure. I am my penguin and my penguin is me. <clears throat> Wait, I, I, He's done for. He went too loud that time. I, th- I think Funky. I see people leaving the space because they can't hear him. Funky, just a, a little louder. Just a little bit louder. I am my penguin, but my and my penguin is me. Uh, louder, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Louder, louder! I am my penguin, and my penguin is me. Foggy, look at your penguin and say it as loud as you can. Look at your penguin while saying it. Feel it. I am my penguin, and my penguin is me. Louder. Okay, I'm telling you, I have kids in my house, and they're going to go. I warned you, bro. Once you set down this path, you can't turn around. Don't just say it. Don't just say it because I'm making you say it. Say it because you feel it. Say it because you want to say it. This penguin is you. I am my penguin, and my penguin is me. Let's go. What a fine-looking penguin, too. Can we get some hearts in the chat for for Fonky? Bonky, I want you to look at your fingers. Are they are they shaking? Are they shaking? They're shaking. Yes, I'm I'm shaking in embarrassment because my teenage daughter (laughs) is probably recording me. (laughs) Oh, don't worry, tell her we got this recorded. We can set high quality. It'll be on Spotify tomorrow. I do want to shout out. You see the the, uh, uh, PP pinned the tweet up there, but I got the I got one of the top hat penguins, which I know Uh, uh, PP shouted me out a while back, and I also got my favorite, which is the beard. Because of old man beards, I was like, "Oh man, this is perfect." I didn't even know so good. had a beard trait, but it's like my favorite. It's my one of my favorite things I got there. So, just I want to do a quick moment to hear to shout out, like again, going back to Luca. It's like I've heard so much about penguins in the last month, and and this, you know, I know PP has been in the in the community for a long time, but like again, what what y'all have done to kind of bring this project into where it is right now is like really really remarkable and i couldn't be more excited about where it's going to go in 2023 like it feels like a momentum shift in a major way and and you know it's like if prices will go up and down it's not really about price it's more about what y'all are building at penguins and i couldn't be happier to be part of it so so congrats to all you congrats to you and welcome to the huddle yeah, thank you so much. That didn't mean to distract ourselves from our other conversation. No, but... no, no. Yeah. I, 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 oh, no, this was pre-programmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's going to end up with one eventually. But, uh, but yeah, it's so funny that um, – Have you? can you think of any other project in the space? Because, I mean, you've been in here every single day, like, seeing people talk about stuff. But can you remember a project that's gone through what we've gone through and is where we're at? No, I mean, not, no, no, I don't think there's a single project in the space 
I mean, and I know the whole history, right? Like I know the Cole stuff. I know all this, this stuff and all, and I've been following it all along. The truth of the matter, there's a lot of projects that go through this. There's a lot of projects that have been through, you know, founders moving on or doing other stuff. And the honest truth is not, not like, I can't think of any of them besides penguins that have come back this strong, right? Like there's projects that have like lived through adversity and, and, you know, I wrote a long, long piece a couple of weeks ago when I doxed myself about, like, the problems with this space and the good things about the space. But, you know, one of the biggest problems I have with the space is people kind of, like, coming in, taking a ton of, um, you know, uh, uh, money out of the space and then going away and, and, you know, not essentially doing anything with it, right? Like, think about Project, like, and this is not to shit on anybody, but something like Ray Party, right, which, which raised a shitload of ETH. And then kind of like petered out and like you just don't hear about what's going on with those guys or or any of these projects. And one of the things I think that's so good is that like Pudgies, you know, have found this like heart of what NFTs are, which is community. I mean, it's just what I just did because I was, you know, pushed to do it in some ways. But also like I get it. That's what makes y'all special, right? Like getting into this sort of thing, which makes it feel like you're part of something that you belong like that's the power here. That's the stuff that makes a difference. And like, so anyway, I, I have not seen another project that's gone to the heights that originally P Pudgies did, went to the lows that it did, and then kind of climbed out and came back. And, and again, shout out to all of you. Cause I think, you know, it's not only is it Luca, it's all the Pudgies that are part of it, right? Like it's, it's PP, it's Moose, it's all these people that are doing the stuff every day that, that kind of shout out what's awesome about the Pudgy community. I'm 100. Um, yeah, well, it's you got to check out some of our Discord. You got to hop in some IRL events. Um, the one in Miami was fantastic. I got to meet a lot of people, see a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, shout out! I'll call out Brian Brinkman again. Always lovely to see him, Brian. You got to come up on stage and talk to your buddy. Um, <laughs> did PP? Did, did we wish Little Pudgies a happy birthday? No, we didn't. This is actually. It's the Little Pudgies contract birthday today, guys. So we're yeah, not we'll, going to sing happy birthday, though. I'm going to put a pin in that right now. Yeah, we're going to make Funky suggested. Donk do it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I did my share already, man. Come on. Uh, no. I'm just salty that Funky is beating me at fantasy football playoffs right now. And so, you know. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Are, are, are you and I – you know what's so funny, Brian? Like, I'm not – so I'm actually in a mice fantasy football league that I'm actually doing pretty well in, and I have completely, completely forgotten about the other league that you yeah. and I are in. Yeah. So no, I'm the top seed, and you're the lowest seed, and you're going to beat me in the first round of the playoffs. It's 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 very unfair. I'm, I'm just calling shenanigans on this one. Yeah. That's, That's fantasy, incredible. man. Well, see, there you go. That's right. That's fantasy football for you. That is fantasy What's up, football. Brian? How are you, man? So, so I'm doing well. I should, I should tell, I should tell everybody in here that Brian. Really, two people uh, are responsible for kind of why I got into NFTs, and and one of them is Jonathan Mann, who's already been mentioned on here, who was a weirdly like PP and other of my interns at G4, and the other person is Brian Brinkman, who is really I consider a good friend of mine now, but also was originally our graphic design artist on the Fallon Show, um, and actually weirdly going way way back when was a guest on the Fallon Show before he was even on our uh, was our, was on our staff and. Um, was an early uh, weird part of early Twitter in that we had everybody try to follow his Twitter account overnight, and it worked pretty well. So, uh, Brian, thank you for getting me into NFTs. Of course. And even before that, I was watching you guys working on G4, which was like, you know, powering me through high school and college. <laughs> that, was, that, was right, my, exactly. that was my jam. Yeah, it was, it, 
was it was super fun. I will say one of the things I loved about working at G four, and people will probably remember this in some ways that like. Every single day, and this gets to kind of why creativity is so important in, in general, I think, in a, in a daily life, like almost like a, you got to exercise, you got to eat right, but I also think you got to be creative in some way. Like we showed up at that office and like learned a bunch of stuff, what was happening, and then we tried to make something new out of it. And the best thing about that job was just like, we had no money to do it. We had about six hours to do it. And we had so much fun making things happen fast, right? And like, one of the things I loved about with like with old man beards, even old man with white beards was how do you make something quick and dumb and just get it out quickly? Like, Brian, when you're making stuff, do you ever think about trying to just get stuff out and see what you can get out of your brain and, and draw quickly? Huh, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there's like a level of automation at, one, at a certain point where you're like, okay, you're like, okay, I have the idea. Now, how do I like reduce the workload by like automation like you were talking about ai earlier for example like how do you kind of how do you think of getting to that endpoint faster uh so yeah i think i think everyone kind of gets that especially because after a certain amount of time i usually have like a three-month limit and if i don't get a piece out in that time frame i just get bored of it and i'm ready to move on so it's like you have to kind of get that out while it's fresh otherwise you you know you feel like you're working on something that doesn't even represent you anymore yeah, exactly. And you change over time and you have to kind of figure out and evolve as yourself too. That's awesome. Yeah, I completely, I completely think that's, it's super important just to continue to evolve also. Like as an old person, <laughs> as I recommend this to all young people is like, if you ever feel stuck in a rut, get out of it. You know, no matter what it is, whether if it's work, if it's NFTs, if it's anything, change it up. You got to do different things. Like you got to, you got to try things and you got to try different things in your life. So definitely like get out and whether it's a new hobby or anything like learn about something like it's the most e easiest way to kind of make yourself feel better is to try something different so just get out and do that as well i think brian's one of those people too who uh like you have been following me uh for over a year and uh has been plummet like pummeled pummeled with penguin memes and everything else i post on a daily basis so Every time I see, I saw him at the Goblin Town party. He's like, "Okay, I'll buy a penguin." <laughs> I'm so jealous. I missed. I'm, I'm jealous. I missed the penguin party in Miami. Uh, there was just too many things that night. That was like the one night where there was like a million parties. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. Um, we had a lot of people come, and everyone could get in. It wasn't like a uh, never mind. Uh, the board eight party. I'll go ahead and say it. I had, I had a lot of people. Never who, mind. Throws them yeah, the bus throw anyway. Them yeah, bus. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get your your mate. Like I saw our buddy Franklin just like standing out in line, like not getting in. And I'm like, dude, that dude's done so much for your project. How is he not like already in? Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, we would love to have you. That was a great party. Um, but yeah, Bro, yeah, that's I, that's yeah. where the community part really comes full circle is when you get into one of these parties with like a hundred people who technically are all strangers but they're wearing their penguin or, or whatever nft what have you and you've had conversations with these people and it's not like you're going to some random ass networking event where you know anybody it's like literally a party with a bunch of friends and i call I, it, yeah I, I i can't even explain the feeling of it the best way to describe it, it to me is like an online country club almost. And then like every now and then we have these IRL events and um, you're right. Like you see these people every single day and you become like such good friends with them. The only way I can describe it is like um, 
like I used to meet up every now and then with like Xbox Live friends back in the day, but it was only like one or two people. You're getting together on these IRL events and it's like 50, 60 people you've like never met in person before, but you see on a daily basis. It's just so cool. And um, I will say like the minds that are penguins, every single one of them is just brilliant in my opinion. Um, so yeah, Brian, you gotta get a penguin, man. I know I got a lot of love for the penguin. <laughs> it's on secret, my he secretly has one, but he saw what we did to Fonky, and he's not even gonna make <laughs> that he owns a penguin. Yeah, you yeah. Get one uh, yeah. I don't want to get uh, like a fraternity like razzed. Um, <laughs> that's exactly uh, that's that's the best way I've ever heard it described. It is literally like a form of hazing. It really is. <laughs> uh dude uh, speaking of dude that goblin town event was probably one of the most fun things i've done all like in my entire web3 irl experience yeah abandoned have we Macy's? met anybody who got a tattoo at that event <laughs> i don't know about that i, I want to see if they tested positive for it. <laughs> yeah that was not the forum to get a tattoo uh abandoned mind. macy's people, you're kidding people me? were doing it man people were doing it it was fun i I I will you know I, hopefully there's no board apes in here. I, I left that party to go to the board ape party and I immediately was like, oh man, this party's way too crazy and like crowded and like I, I regretted leaving. I'm going back to uh, the goblin one because that goblin one had this like drummer that was doing an amazing show. I was really enjoying that guy. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, for people that weren't there, it was an abandoned Macy's that hadn't been opened in ten years, so it was like this remnants of an old old mall. Asbestos everywhere. We didn't care. Yeah, I talked to um, Alsi. Uh, I think her name is Alsi. She's the one of the uh, people that helped organize that. She was on one of our uh, the Keep NFTs Weird space. She's in that kind of group, and she was saying that like it was putting it together was just crazy. That like you know you can find those abandoned malls. You just kind of have to like look for them. But they were able to kind of open it up and and kind of see. If, I mean, what an amazing venue to put a, to have an event in. Like we've all been in the, or seen those malls around, and like to be able to hang out in one must have been amazing. Uh, it was cool, yeah. and it was so close to like the gateway and all these other events that you could just like walk over. Like there was like a bunch of events right in a certain area, so it was just, it was really well well produced. Yeah, completely on brand. They did a really good job. It made me want a goblin. I didn't have any, but um, yeah. Uh, if anybody has any questions for Funky Donk or hell even Brian Brinkman up on stage, uh, feel free to pop your hand up or drop it in the purple bubble below. Um, yeah. Dude, some guy from my Discord has the uh, the Macy's price check sign as his profile picture because that's what he stole from the party. And then <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing like an autopsy of the night before on Twitter, and I'm I'm seeing that like there was actual art there. I mean, it could be argued that a Macy's price check sign was art in a way, but like, let's be real here, there was actual art, and they were like, rip everything off the walls and. And my guy took a price check sign. I love it. That's going to be worth something at some day. It sounds like a <laughs> uh, yeah, Addy, yeah. of authenticity. I mean, it could have come from the Macy's in Casper, <laughs> Wyoming. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a uh, um, an inauthentic Macy's signage company. Um, <laughs> they make a, the authentic yeah. <laughs> it's a derivative um i just want to give a shout out funky that penguin you got is wild i've never seen those traits before it's like an amish hat and a big beard plus you have like a, a like a marty mcfly jacket very very wild penguin i know he's very like uh he's chilling he's excited he's uh 
he's definitely down with the the old men. That's why, like, I wanted to make a connection there. But like, I I'm pretty. Oh yeah, excited. he does got the white beard. Yep, exactly. He's the, he's part of the he's part of the gang. I will he's say, Silver Fox, bro. That's right. Exactly. That's how I describe myself in my real life, Silver Fox. Although you know, I will say, as somebody who's my age, very few gray hairs. So shout out to my genetics. So thank you, genetics. Yeah, I wasn't that lucky. Uh, I will say, uh, whenever you messaged me a few days ago before the Whitebeard project came out, you're like, do you want on the whitelist? And I was like, yeah, sure. And you're like, just trust me. It's dumb. It, 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 you probably won't even like it. And I was like, what? Are, like, yeah, I want to be in on this. And so like when it minted, I absolutely was in love with it. <laughs> I think mine has like a cowboy hat. Uh, and it's, I just love it. It's so funny. Uh, out of like all the AI projects, you can tell like this. I love seeing artists like go a step beyond just typing something in to uh, AI and spitting it out, like you said. No, I think you said shit it out. <laughs> but, yeah, well, uh... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not. I'm not yeah, I mean, I don't think they shit it out. I mean, I, the thing I always get disappointed with, and everybody knows this, there was this whole movement of like blank by blank, right, which like took over the space for the last couple weeks, which are all these kind of like guys that often are taking what looks like just very basic AI filters and putting them on things, which is kind of, kind of crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, I think one thing with mine is that I just wanted to feel like distinct and specific and, and about something in particular. And like one of the reasons I wanted to call it old men with white beards. And I think people, when I told you about the first time I said, look, this is very dumb. It's very mundane. And I'm also, I also only allow listed, like, I allow this at mostly people that I knew so that it wouldn't be something that just got like, you know, botted and then like sold at the bottom. Cause it was something I wanted to kind of build into something a little bit more. Like I've referred to it in part ways as a funky pass so that whenever people own one of these, whenever I come out with something else, they'll get something too as part of it. But like, you know, I think that it, it, again, it goes back to that thing about AI art, like, you know, it's a tool and you can use it to make something interesting and why not a bunch of old men with white beards uh, and, and try to do stuff that kind of feels unique. Oh, I should, I do want to shout out. If you go to my Twitter handle, which is for the, for the project, which is at old men beards, that doesn't have the other stuff, just old men beards. I've started a, <laughs> you'll see a video there where I've started a viral campaign. And when I say viral campaign, I made one video very poorly, very quickly um, in which I'm trying to get Elon Musk to um, hire uh, uh, Jeff Bridges, who has a giant white beard as the CEO of Twitter. So please go check out that tweet, retweet it. Let's get Jeff Bridges the new. Let's get, make Jeff Bridges the new CEO of Twitter because I, we need more white bearded men in in power in this sort of scenario. I think exactly. Yeah, I retweeted that immediately because I love the new campaign. I'm about to pin it to the top. Moose, what's up? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was going to ask Brian, uh, what is your favorite pudgy penguin trait and why is it the green mohawk and cucumber eyes? You don't have to answer that. That's under direct. <laughs> that's that's called pumping someone's bags. I can't be good. I can't be good doing that. Oh, Brian, I, I, I there's I'm not bumping this bag. Uh, this is here to stay. This one's mine forever and always. Yeah, I'm gonna be gifting implies that you would sell it one day, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm gonna be giving true. this to my to my grandchild. My my, my great grandchild is gonna get this penguin. I'm looking through the penguins in the room right now, but uh, there's one. Elizabeth has one that has a little tiny penguin on the shoulder. Is that a real trait? That one's awesome. <laughs> no, I think she's got a little pudgy on her shoulder. Ah, which, okay, okay. 
again, happy birthday, little pudgies. Uh, our little pudgies are a great entry point to the community. They also get access to IRL events, um, and they're cute AF. Uh, and, so, and, not to, and licensing not to, and everything else. Yeah, yeah, but not not to stroke my own uh, my own ego here, but. This I was wondering where you're going with that. Is my, yeah, this yeah, exactly. Not to stroke my own penguin. <laughs> but this is this is one year with the project for me. Like this week. Oh, congrats. So I That's think awesome. I'm yeah, I'm the longest standing aside from Burko. Burko's yeah. Burko's got two months on me. So and I think was I was the, Yeah, I came in in August, I think. But yeah, one of the cool things Luca did, um, when he came in here uh, was like, he looked for community members who were, um, you know, going above and beyond. And he chose a few of us to be part of the community team. And um, yeah, it's been a, a joy. That's a pretty awesome thing. Like the idea that you can draw from within your own community and kind of like lift those people up. Like that's the best way to do it when you're trying to build community, because then you know, the people that are dedicated, you know, the people that are going to want to be part of it and kind of like come and bring and bring their A game because they care, right? Like when you care, it makes a big difference for sure. One hundred percent. Faki, are you are you uh, launching projects or are you launching communities? Like, do you have a cadre of people who follow you around uh, all these these different projects <laughs> that mean, you launch? Do, I, or are I you leaving know, like, discarded discords in your wake? Well, I will say this. So the thing that you know, so Sheet Fighter was really the only other project I launched, and and it's it's been hard a little bit. I'm still in the Discord there. We still hang out the community got very, very small over the bear. And like, you know, we launched a pretty, what I think of as a pretty awesome on-chain game. And it was a card battler and fun. And, you know, unfortunately it's just like, there's some projects when people start to leave it. I, I haven't left it when team hasn't left it, but like, it's just not as strong. And, and I don't really know why. Maybe it's, you know, we didn't build the community in as strong as ways we possibly could. Maybe, it, you know, it's about the timing of the market, but I don't ever want to be seen as somebody that like leaves something. I think there's a world where you can, you can try to do too many things at once. That's why like old man with beards is really like a kind of a pet art project for me. And if I was ever going to do like a much bigger thing, I think I would have to like really think deeply about, you know, what I want to do with it long-term because I think, you know, projects, especially those that come out and, you know, there's so many projects now that are costing a fortune to mint. Like you really want people who are, full-time dedicated, making it their life. And and it's a tricky thing, right? Like I know even like, I don't know if you guys heard this, but even today, Chainrunners, which I'm a huge fan of the Chainrunners project, they had to downsize their team just because of, you know, they're, it's tricky because, you know, the, the economics sometimes of this space don't work. And especially now that we're going through the royalties argument, like it's a, it's an interesting time. So my thing is, you know, I don't think you want to be in a position where you're serially starting stuff because I do think you can kind of leave a, a trail of stuff behind you. But I think also it's important to recognize like certain projects like have a life. And if the, if the life is kind of like, if it's gone or not gone, but if it's slowing down, then like you have to kind of expand out into different horizons as well too. Yeah. One of the thing I will say as a sheet fighter holder, I meant it and never sold. I don't think you guys zagabond that at all. <laughs> I think uh, you are still very active. And I think one of the things that really, you know, made that, get as like a smaller community is like it launched like right as the bear started like taking you know it's toll on everyone so uh don't take any flack on that um it's still a really awesome project oh thanks man i appreciate it. it was super it was super fun and it still is like 
definitely playable. It's on chain, so it's one of those things that's gonna is on chain forever. You can you can play the game and you can have fun doing it. But yeah, I, I appreciate that. Listen, I mean, we all know what the bear was like. Those of us who have lived through uh, 2021 and into 2022, there were those moments of like, you know, I think in June of this year was the first really ugly time. Obviously. The other side launched and the other side was this kind of massive liquidity suck out. And also then Luna happened, right? So like we all went through that and that was pretty brutal, I think, for almost everybody in the space. And then, you know, even the last like month, like with with uh, FTX, like I'm sure everybody in this room, if they didn't hear it over Thanksgiving, is going to hear it at Christmas. Oh, how are those NFTs going? How's Web3 working? How's crypto? How's everything going for you there? And Brian's laughing. It's like, Brian's probably going to have people asking him like, oh, are you sure you can make a business out of this? Meanwhile, Brian's like one of the most successful artists in the space. Like it's going to happen. And I think the key is to me right now is that you just have to like kind of stay the course. Uh, Again, I wrote about this in my long piece, but I've seen so many of these. I've seen so many rise and falls and then re-rises again. It's like, you know, you talk about what happened and what, what web 2.0 came out of if, if you know most of these people again aren't, aren't uh, old enough to know this in the space but like web 2 came out of web 1 crashing and eating complete shit you know what i mean like web 1 was a disaster in 2002 like you know you all remember like pets.com it's a joke now but like it was a giant company and then crashed completely all these things crashed completely and then Web2 kind of came out of that. First, it was blogs and a lot of interesting people on blogs. And then there was, you know, Reddit and Dig. And then there was like, you know, WordPress and, and Twitter and all these kind of companies came out of that. And in my mind, like there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff that comes out of Web3 too. And I think that some of these OG communities are going to be around still through all this. And, and the thing you have to remember is like, yes, all of the web, a ton of the Web1 companies crashed, but then like, some of them became giant, like Amazon or other things like that. So there is a way to survive. And the way to survive through it, I think, is to kind of like help everybody, you know, help the community get through it, but also kind of continually to innovate and, and create new stuff and, and make new products and make new things and, and just kind of keep pushing forward. So huddle up in the winter is what you're saying. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Huddle up. <laughs> oh, here's the thing. Make stuff. My big thing is make stuff, right? Like if you can make stuff, like, and by the way, anybody can make stuff. And I don't, when I say make stuff, I don't mean like, you don't have to be an artist. You don't have to know AI tools. Maybe the thing you're going to make is, I don't know, you're, maybe you're making crocheted, you know, uh, uh, cozies for your physical merch penguins, whatever it is. But like when you make things and you create things, it gets your brain in the right place. It gets you in the better, proper kind of mindset to do stuff. Like it's like right now, like, you know, I'm, I'm in 2023, like I'll probably end up working in TV in some form or another again. But like, as I said, like I've got like, you know, three things going on every day in addition to Web3 normal kind of stuff. I've got Old Men with Beards, I've got um, Prompto and I've got, you know, a Sheet Fighter. All these things are happening and it just gives you like a forward momentum to your life. Like if anybody in the crowd kind of feels like ever like they feel lost, like something that keeps you kind of unlost is to give yourself a project, right? And and the cool thing about all of us in the space is we have like, we have the ability and knowledge to do projects of this sort of thing that are not really super hard to do. Um, but you, you know, I also think the other side is find people you can do it with, right? Finding people you can do it with is a great thing. Like startups are not easy to do on your own. So finding a team and finding people that you like is a good thing as well. Hundred percent. And now you're also a penguin, so you have that going. You're gonna be so busy with doing penguin stuff now, Funky. I'm just letting you know. 
I know. I got that. I'm gonna have to. I'll try to join the. I'll join the Discord after this. It's on the Penguins on my ledger, so I'm gonna. I think it's a. It, by the way, is is do you guys use Vulcan in the Penguin server? What's what's your? Uh, how do you how do you get approved for a holder status? We we do Collabland, but I am really okay. glad to hear right. that you keep yours on a ledger. Oh yes, of course. Uh, we're anything that anything that's over point five, I try to put on a ledger. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Child is our safety guy, and he's always like, "Please put this on the ledger." Uh, by the way, I see our uh, founder Luca down in the audience. Luca Donkey Donk just bought a penguin. Uh, Moose uh, made him scream at the top of his lungs and uh, scare his, his children. Um, but yeah. <laughs> He got moved. By the way, my children and my children are not just children; they are teenage girls. So it like, would it would it scare them. About it's kind of your <laughs> job to embarrass them, them though. No, yeah, well, that's, but, yeah that's right. right. That's true. That's true. It's on brand. That's that's <laughs> how you should wake them up in the morning. You know, I'm just try it out tomorrow. Yeah, why not? Get your daily affirmations in. Embarrasses the kids. You know, it knocks so many things off the daily to do list. That's exactly right. It'll inspire me to, to wake up and get doing stuff that day. I'm, I'm uh, like so lucky I've avoided that the whole time. <laughs> I think I've like privately messaged Moose. I'm like, never ask me to do this after like 6 p.m. because my grandfather's <laughs> sleeping. You know, you've never and, asked me to not ask you. So uh, agents. No, no, dude, I really can't. He's, he's sleeping. He's, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Agents. Like, agents. I literally have a bead of sweat rolling down my agents. forehead. Right? Moose do not. Moose don't. It will, it will be a different time. It will be a different yeah, time. Yeah, it'll be a different <laughs> time. I, I literally can't, man. He needs his rest. And he's one of those, you know, it's Matt. It's funny you said that, Funky, about like FTX and people are going to be talking about it on Christmas. I... So my grandfather, he's been retired for a couple of years now. And I like just sent him a deal in uh, North Carolina that I'm working on. And I'm like, did you see the deal I sent? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, I threw it out. I'm like, well, why didn't you forward it on? You, you got friends. Maybe they'd be interested. He's like, I don't want to recommend them anything you're involved with. Like, oh that, like that crypto. Then it goes <laughs> down like the crypto and makes me. I'm like, geez, man, like. This has nothing to do with crypto, bro. Yeah, so, you know, I love my grandfather, but screw the haters. You're going to hear a lot of that, especially if, like, you were the dude in 2020, 2021 at the holiday table saying you got to buy NFTs, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the truth of the matter is it's like, you know, any sort of speculative thing, there's definitely crazy people out there and people that are making, taking advantage of people. And I think... The, the big thing I think now is about educating people about what's great about them, right? Like this is an opportunity in some ways to kind of tell people like, well, hey, yes, it might've gone down in value, but there are interesting things happening. The way I always approach the conversation is like, look, there's things out there that are definitely scammy. Like I see it every day. I think anybody that spends time on IC tools and sees the things that are minting, you can tell like eight out of 10 of those things are scams. And And part of the problem is anybody who doesn't have the, the baseline to know that has no understanding of it. So what, what we really have to do right now is like educate a lot of people. Um, there's an interesting group I'm a part of called Midnight Labs, which is, does a really good job of um, talking about how to kind of get out stuff to a larger audience. Um, Giancarlo, the guy, he was one of the guys behind that project, Prometheans, which launched that long, not that long ago. And I think he's really on something really interesting, which is the idea that in order to get us to the next kind of stage, we really have to make sure that 
the idea of what we're doing doesn't just get caught within this group that we're in because it's very easy to kind of see this world as this kind of insular group of people where we kind of trade back and forth with each other when a new project launches it kind of takes off and then it dives down again we have to like open up to more people in order to kind of make this thing work i feel like and if we don't it's going to be a really tricky thing to kind of keep going on so education's like vital including including your grandfather in some ways you got to tell him what the good things are I got to tell him about the Trump digital trading cards. Maybe that'll oh, get no, him excited. Please, please, grandfathers please. love the Trump cards. <laughs> please don't. No, but but to that point, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to bring politics into this, but the, the whole Trump thing is a great example of there will be some sort of breakthrough IP or brand or project. Personally, I think it's going to be pudgy penguins, but to each their own. But something will break through like those, those Trump cards pumped because people didn't even know how to sell them. That's right? what I keep they telling knew, people. Yeah, yeah, they knew nothing about NFTs and they were moving mountains to like buy NFTs just because it was coming from the right source at the right time or, you know, because he has raving fans. Right. So yeah, something's I mean, going to break through. I was going to say, I think the positive way to look at those, and I mean, this is outside of politics. The positive way to look at that is that conceivably – you open up the audience to a much larger thing. It's almost like a top shot for a specific audience, right? Like, and, and you know, the, the, in some ways, the more people that are, that are aware of what this world is, the better. Like, do I think those were really great? No. Do I think that like, they're not the best representative of what we do, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like about expanding out the audience so that we can kind of like bring more people in and then make sure they understand what's interesting about them. The one thing I will say about those Trump NFTs, which I think was smart, and I think, you know, shout out to Gary V, who's somebody that I've known for a long time. And I think did this early on was those Trump, those Trump NFTs had actual utility attached to them, which was the idea that like you could meet with them or do something like that. And, you know, that's not for me. Like, I don't necessarily want that. But like, that's also a reason why a lot of people bought stuff. Like, I think I saw a tweet from somebody. I think it was Eddie as Kong's talked about his grand or his dad bought like a shitload of them because he really wanted to meet him or i'm not sure if that's exactly who it was but just so somebody said that and it's like to me like well at least there, there's something that's being delivered there for that person there's an audience for a thing and i think that is an interesting use case of nfts for sure 100 percent. and i mean yeah i didn't buy any just because ooh. but like one of the things that is very interesting about them is i think whoever made these knew exactly what they were doing they they wanted to tap into that hardcore Trump audience, but they also wanted to tap into like us, like the people who love memes, like love or hate the guy. Like these things look horrible and like they're instantly uh, memeable. And Funky, I think that's one thing you really do well is like even with like Sheet Fighter when you launched that old man with white beards, uh, Prompto, you really lean into the power of memes. And it even it spans back all the way back to like your G4 days. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the big, and also, by the way, shout out to you, PP, who I think do a great job as chief meme officer of the Penguins. And, like, I, I see a ton of Penguin memes around there, and I, I think it's really good as to, like, using that as a pathway. I think almost even more so than memes, I think of it as media, right? Like, that's one thing that I think, when I think about media now, it's snippets, right? It's little tiny pieces of things. And, and often it's media that can be relating to things that are happening in real time. Like one of the things we did at Tax Show all the time, and also at the Tonight Show, which does this in, in late night, like late night TV is responding to the world, right? And 
And late night TV is mostly responding to the world in terms of like topical jokes or they're responding to the world in terms of topical bits. And I think memes are responding to the world with the language of the internet, which is like, you know, it's a small videos or it's photos or it's specific things that come out of like the corn kid or anything. And like, to me, there's no more powerful message right now than it is to kind of connect to that space. And, and if you can find a way to like, you know, in fact, one of the funny things is I almost I, I was I was camping this weekend, but like the Trump NFTs are a good example of like when I was playing around with old men with white beards, like I definitely want to, you know, like t tie into things that are happening in the world. And like I was in fact, Brian actually uh, released a uh, <laughs> Brian released a, a very funny um, a graphic uh, of the one of the Trump NFTs with something uh, we, he's opening his jacket up. And inside, it's like, a, I think it's his shirt normally, or it's a Superman sign. And Brian had released a, a template of where you open it up and you could kind of post whatever you wanted in there. And Brian had put in like, you know, the files from Mar-a-Lago. But I had almost done a thing where, you know, it was, a, it was an old man with white beard face. But then you also have to think when you're doing memes, it's like, oh, how can they be used in a way that wasn't how I intended? So like, it's always a tricky thing when you're using memes. But But I think they're the most powerful way to get messages out, right? So the more that you can learn how to do that, and the more that you can kind of learn the very basics of editing and the very simplest things, like anytime you can kind of add a media message to something, it makes a big difference. And, and I think one thing we did when we launched Sheep Fighter was, you know, we, we came out, Sheep Fighter was a stealth launch, but we knew we were going to kind of come out with a fully kind of finished website with a fully finished like um, media kind of thing. And we made specific videos for a bunch of relatively large names in the space, right? We made a video for Andrew Wang, we made a video for Pranksy, we made a video for Tropel Farmer, like all these people that like we know are kind of in the space. And we kind of tailored that media to them. And in our videos, they were, you know, we had this kind of character in Sheep Fighter named Mother Lord, who was a AI generated kind of host. And we had her talking directly to them. And then we added them in the Twitter and like, that just makes everything more personal in a fun way. And it makes it kind of interesting. Like, like I think that can really kind of elevate your project or even even if it's not a project, your Twitter handle or your voice ab above other people. I I'm also a big fan of, uh, of sports memes. Like, I don't know how many of you are, are sports people, but like I'm a giant Seahawks fan and there's a lot of really people that make these amazing Seahawks videos that are meme driven and like, it cuts through the noise, you know, it's a big deal. And I think that's like the language of, of what people speak now on the internet. 100%. It's, uh, it's my love, love language for sure. <laughs> that. I can definitely see that. <laughs> the idea of memes as love language, that's great. Viral uh, thought injections, man. That's what I call them. <laughs> yeah. That's true, yeah, yeah. 100%. I owe a lot of my like love of memes, I think, to my internship at G4 and just seeing like the grind, the daily grind of people because it was a daily show, right? And like you had no idea most of the time what the hell you're going to talk about. And so basically, if you think about it, like you guys had to meme whatever the hell the internet or anything like pop culture was talking about every single day, but in like an hour, hour and a half long format. What was it? Hour and a half? I can't remember. It was an hour. It was an hour. Yeah. Yeah, man. Live. Like, live. I, I know. Crazy. It was fun, it, though. It was definitely fun to work on a show where you had to come up with, you know, comedy, really, like I said before, in six hours, like, that's not easy to do. And having to do that and kind of do it on an everyday basis, I mean, that goes back to the same thing of, like, if you make stuff, eventually it gets to be better, right? Like, I, I think as a writer, the advice I always give people to, about writing is, like, look, 
if you want to be a writer, you got to write, or if you want to be an artist, you got to draw, or you got to think about art and you got to do all sorts of stuff. Like there's nothing like doing the thing to get better at it. And you're going to yeah. suck for a while, right? It's not easy. You're going to be bad, but once you do it enough, you start to get better. 100%. If anybody's got any questions for Funky Donk, Gavin Purcell, former producer of Attack of the Show, I know most of you guys know that and grew up with it, or Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, feel free to pop up, raise a hand, drop a comment in the purple bubble. Um, agents, what's up, man? You got anything? No, man, you you took the wind out of my sails. <laughs> Chill in the purple button. I, that's I mean, normally your you job. Know, it's it's the one thing I have to do around here. Um, <laughs> no, that's all right. See, AI is not replacing my job. It's it's PP McGee. Now now he gets two <laughs> accounts up on stage too. This fucking hey, guy, I, I swear. I keep. I, I have a question for you guys. So you guys are chilling is a is a is a is your like is it a podcast too or is it just a space yeah we're on uh apple music and spotify and we do this every monday night at 8 p.m eastern i know um um thread guy and a couple other guys started another one at eight so we've been talking about moving it so we're not competing um but yeah what's up husker hey gm everyone just had a quick uh question uh so in the pudgy penguins world like memes are pretty important. So Gavin, what's your favorite meme template to use? Oh God, that's a really hard question. I mean, yeah, you're talking about favorite, like of all time. Like, uh, I, I think if it's going backwards, oof, Jesus Christ, this is really difficult to me to think about. There's so many that are swirling in my brain right now. I mean, I think, I, I think when I think of the OG meme, the thing that really resonates with me, and I think this is probably shows my age, is the all your base belong to us meme. Like, I think that that, because I was a giant gamer growing up, and because, like, you know, it, it was, like, one of the earliest memes, uh, it has a really special place in my heart. Another really early special meme, and I, by the way, this one isn't a meme as much as it was, was based on my favorite videos of all time, but then kind of became a meme is pork chop sandwiches. If anybody aren't familiar with um, pork chop sandwiches, it was a guy named Eric Fensler made these series uh, called Fensler Films. And what he did is he took old G.I. Joe cartoons and revoiced them. And one of them became uh, one of them had one of the characters saying pork chop sandwiches a bunch. And suddenly it became a meme that they were just basically using the screen grab of pork chop sandwiches. But, there it is right there. Sandwiches. Yeah. Oh shit, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? Go, get the fuck out of here, you stupid idiot. Fuck, we're all dead. Get the fuck out. Ho, 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 ho. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, what the heck happened to Gavin, team, Gavin, Gavin told me to pull it up. I say <laughs> crap and I get censored. And I had no idea when I was this. looking it up. I just looked up pork chop sandwiches <laughs> and then that happened. <laughs> so if you get a second, go watch them because they are some of the funniest videos. The guy actually ended up getting a job at Adult Swim and I think was working on, I think he worked on some of, I want to say he worked on Aqua Teen or some of the bigger shows at, 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 um, at Adult Swim for a while. Might have even gone to work on it at South Park, but super duper funny guy. I, I love it. So those those are two of my favorites. I mean, modern day it's it's almost like kind of what the most recent interesting thing is like i mean you talk about whether an event can make something interesting like it, it you know what even most recently like seeing elon in the um the the booth with the saudis like has become a big thing today right like things like that that can that can go on a regular daily basis like 
it all depends on like what the thing is. But I think when I think back, like the favorites are, are some of my first ones I saw. Does that, does that answer your question? Oh, absolutely. And uh, dude, you must be like a meme god or something like that because I haven't even thought about the Elon Musk with the Saudis. So thank <laughs> you for giving me like another week of like material. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that's to me, the big thing is with memes is partly you have to think about who's, the, who's watching something and how many people have a touchstone with it, right? When you have a meme, what you're trying to do is create something that's going to resonate with the person oftentimes in just a single image. And you need to have the ability to have a lot of people seeing the original thing first, right? This is why like Corn Kid took off, right? Corn Kid took off because originally the video itself was seen on TikTok. And then um, the, the guys behind um, Auto to the News, who, uh, Shmo, Shmoyo, I think is his name. One of those guys made the Corn Kid song and then it took off from there. But all of that is based on the idea that you know the original material, both the original video and then the Corn Kid song, and then it takes off from there. So when you're making a meme, one of the most important things is to first think about, is everybody familiar with the base material, right? Because the base material is the thing that will make people recognize it. And if people don't recognize it, they're just not going to connect to it and they'll just pass through it in their feed. So the more people that know of something has happened, like a perfect example, of this is the Will Smith slap thing, right? Like, that was one of the biggest moments in the entire world when it happened and spanned just an incredible amount of meme material out of it. And like, that's why, because everybody remembers the original event and then it becomes this major thing. So I always think with memes, like if you're trying to create stuff, like what do people know? And so like, it also can go community specific, right? So like there can be a thing in pudgies that everybody knows, like in, in mice, there's a guy named Halo who's one of our favorite, what's that? Oh, sorry. I was just making an inside joke. Oh, it's a, no, perfect example. Like, so that's, I mean, if there's a thing in the community, everybody knows it makes a big difference. In Mice, there's a guy named J-Lo, and we all have fun with him. He's a great guy, but also he's always overexcited about things, and he'll get it overexcited about a specific project, and he'll put a bunch of money into it, and then he'll, he'll fret about putting money into it forever. So, like, that's the kind of thing you kind of look at. Speaking Dude, of making so fun of someone, uh, I was about to make fun of Moose because he's must be playing with the soundboard because it's clicking in and out. Hey, uh, speaking of creative meme guys, Hus Husker has been absolutely crushing it lately. Um, he we do this thing and Pudgy Penguins called Meme School, and he I think he attends every single one. And through that, like he's, I've taught him like keyframing and like masking and like, dude, he's been killing it in videos. So it's been really fun to watch him grow as a meme maker. Dude, thank you so much. Uh, like, thank you for putting those on. Uh, I'm amazed that you're letting Berko sign you up for a meme school though at 2 a.m. in the morning on Wednesday. Yeah, I got to talk to him about that. That's, I don't know if that's happening or not. Seize the memes of reproduction. <laughs> I think it's production, but we'll we'll keep it reproduction just for this space. Uh, Moose, you having trouble over there with your soundboard? Yeah, I just died. Uh, now I'm. Uh, oh, now yeah. you're now you're boardless. Yeah. Wait, how long is that battery life on there? Um, I don't know. I always keep mine hooked up to USB. Okay, cool. I'm gonna do that for next time, dude. What a <laughs> what an experience to soundboard. It's so like it's such a different spaces experience. Yeah, it really is. Brian, are you speaking on a on a mic or something like that? Your your voice sounded great. <laughs> Me? 
Yeah. I'm just speaking on my uh, my my speakerphone on my phone. Oh, cool! Is it an iPhone? It's an Android. Oh, okay, all right. Sounds Boo. No, are, no. Are you your Android? We Brian? don't. Just, oh, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing. But we don't discriminate against phones in here. Um, you know, Android, iPhone, or, uh, Apple. We're all the same here. So. I don't know. I used an iPhone recently for Twitter Spaces, and I discovered that there's way more features on the iPhone version of Twitter Spaces, so it's not equal. Oh, God. What, yeah, kind, of, would... what kind of features? There's, like, a sound effects button now, and you can. there's more, there's more like, icons you can use. I was very, um, I was appalled that uh, my Android is less than. I will say your uh, mic right now sounds super hot, and that must be from the uh, the Android gods. Blessing you with <laughs> yeah, extra right. gain. It's so good. Uh, not quieter. No, it's uh, yeah. Please whisper. Whisper for us, Brian. Oh, is it, are we uh, doing the ASMR stream? I've been I've been begging you guys. <laughs> let's do an ASMR stream. I'll get some Korean fried chicken, and we'll just you know. Oh could, God, please! Uh, no, that's too much. Too much. Let's let's. Okay, let's... all right. I'm just saying. Some people like <laughs> ASMR. Some people don't agree, agree to disagree. <laughs> that's someone who would like ASMR. What they would say. <laughs> I've just been sitting here thinking about. I'm a, tomorrow. I'm driving back to my hometown in Omaha, Nebraska, and we got Husker.eth on the stage. Uh, how do you get that <laughs> ENS? I'm so jealous. Uh, it was open when I looked, man. I'm like from like two years ago. But dude, you're from Omaha. That's awesome, man. I'm from Lincoln. Oh heck yeah! I'll be there. I have my my wife's family is there. Husker uh, flying uh, back into town on the 22nd. Yeah, Husker, your uh, very nice. Your mission over the next few days is to get Brian to buy a penguin in person. I don't know what you have to do, but uh, that's your mission, Husker. Well, well, hold on. Why set the bar so low? The guys from Omaha, get Warren Buffett to buy a pudgy pen. <laughs> Listen, he's at the Dairy Queen I'll every morning. Yeah. Dude, can you imagine pudgy penguins on a Dairy Queen like blizzard? Yes. Yes. I, I, and I, that like is Warren, why I'm bullish. I'd like to see Warren Buffett holding a pudgy penguin. That seems to be even more impressive to me than that. Well, I'm making the meme right now. <laughs> <Get out of laughs> it. He he would never, but he might buy an old uh, old man with a beard. Oh yeah, yeah. but man, but, that would be impressive if, if Warren Buffett decided all of his hate around NFTs, and then he decided that old man with white beard was the NFT he was going to rock. That would be pretty impressive. I I would I would probably make a one of one specifically for him. The thing is, you don't tell him it's an NFT. You tell him it's a digital collectible. <laughs> That's a good idea. There you go. We'll yeah. bring him in. You have to tell him it's a, it's a failed mill in Lowell, Massachusetts, and that seems to get him like really excited. Well, you know what? That's so funny. You say that. Maybe Warren Buffett will come in on like some distressed asset project. Maybe like I don't know. Maybe he'll come and bring back uh, Wizards and Dragons. Maybe that will. Oh be, my like, god! Warren I was obsessed with Wizards and Dragons. Do <laughs> <laughs> you can by ask Brian? <laughs> by the way, I will say there's a shout out to there is a there's a guy who's on a team. And they bought the Wizards and Dragons contracts, I think, and are trying to make it work. I know crypto you know, sucks. Yeah. Have you seen his YouTube videos? Like I love the guy. Dude, I know, he, me too. Me too. It's he didn't even cool. have to buy it. They gave it to him because like they were yeah. failing so bad. And he was yeah. They were like, We just want to give this to you. Please fix it. And you're like, okay. But I, I do I remember Art Basil last year. I was talking to I think it was Brian. 
and I was like obsessed with like that game. It was so much fun. But um, yeah. Uh, what's up, Karmic? Welcome to the stage. Hi guys, thank you. It's a great moment for me because I just changed my profile picture to a little pudgy. So I was faithful to my first uh, profile picture and I decided to jump in or penguin the penguin community. And um, I wanted to talk a bit about Warren Buffett and NFTs because I don't know if you're aware of it, but um, and uh, f- forgive my accent, I'm French. But actually, um, Warren's Buffett uh, granddaughter, she's deep into NFTs. I don't know if you were aware of it. I had no idea. And, but welcome to the huddle, by the it's way. It's true. I, I did know that, actually. Nicole. Yeah. And- uh, she's really great. She's, she's involved in like, kind of the photography section of the NFT space, right? Um, she did a lot of things. She's actually m- mostly in the activist part. Um, so she made like uh, coins, um, 3D coins in NFTs. But originally she was a photographer. She's an artist and an environmental activist. And it's short story, long story, because it's a funny anecdote. Um, so basically I've got a friend of mine <clears throat> in France. His name is Delphin like dolphin with an E and he is a kind of pioneer uh, about NFTs here. And he was contacted by um, the fortune magazine to appear in the top 50 uh, NFT leaders in the space. And um, he decided it was not in the spirit of like NFTs to being endorsed uh, by such a magazine. And he was like uh, number 50 on the list. So he decided to reject the offer. And actually it was Nicole's, uh, Nicole Buffett, who is Warren Buffett's granddaughter, uh, who went on that list and she was interviewed. And what she did is that she raised a lot of money thanks to her NFTs. And she gave a lot of money to a Blanket of, of Hope or Blanket for Hope, which is a nonprofit who helps uh, Haiti. And she gives a lot also to environmental nonprofits. So it's actually like kind of a butterfly effect what happened. But um, but yeah, one Buffett's uh, granddaughter is like deep into NFT and she's giving to good causes. So I think it's kind of cool of how like uh, the generation gap is using NFTs for like different kind of reasons. And since I have the opportunity, and then I let I leave you, I leave you uh, go on. Uh, so there was just an agreement that was signed at COP15 for biodiversity, uh, because we may know that the planet is endangered, and so the big the major problem is about uh, financing um, adaptation to climate disasters, etc. And um, so far, the older generation is not aware that we can help finance a lot of causes. And I know some people in the audience do it. I think Elizabeth uh, did it for um, for Puerto Rico um, catastrophe, I guess. And so NFTs are really a super innovative way to um, to finance all those causes. And the the old system isn't aware of it, but uh, anybody who is deep in the space. Uh, can understand that. So uh, I just wanted to shout out to Elizabeth. You can also see on her profile, 
She's the one uh, with uh, her little pudgy under her shoulder. I think it was designed by somebody named Carrot, if I correct. And um, and I think it's really a cool thing that um, NFTs can act for a positive impact. And that's why I decided to join the Pudgy community because uh, uh, it was inclusive and the good vibes. And I think it was very important for me to see uh, shared values. And just something to conclude is that um, children in France, every time I show them my NFT, they're like, what? I want this. I want this. It's so cute. And uh, I'm very concerned about the cause of children because they're future generations. And that's why I'm super like, uh, not bullish, but I'm happy to be part of Pudgy community because I think it can go on through later generations. Uh, and I think children can also bring a lot of uh, likes and adoption to NFT. So I can wait to have like those Pudgy toys in stores and uh, children saying, oh, I want this, I want this. So. Uh, thanks for listening to me and uh, don't hesitate to check uh, Elizabeth's profile uh, because she's doing amazing stuff and uh, and thanks to Lee Win for onboarding me. So it was a bit awesome. Fun. Thank you. Thank you, Karmic, for coming up and uh, thank you for being part of the huddle. Uh, as someone who's seen a pudgy toy in person, Brian, because I think I showed you one at Goblin Town. What do you think that's correct? Sounds right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Funky, I know you said uh, something about uh, Warren Buffett holding a pudgy, but I did something better. He's holding a uh, pudgy fishing rod. It's pinned to the top. Uh, welcome to the stage, Crypto Wiz. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. How's it going? All right. I got that crazy thing that... Uh... Oh, what's that little um, uh, magic wand that can mess up your voice? You know, I accidentally hit that, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to sound like a robot here. So anyway, I fixed it. I caught it. But, um, hey, I just wanted to shout out to Moose, man. I won the um, the rod or the – what do you guys call them? Rog? Rog. Yeah, I won that. That's amazing. Let's and go! I'm so, yeah, I'm so freaking pumped. Oh, I can't tell you. It's so awesome. It's my first – I, I sent back in the messages to him. I said, uh, it, it was about this time last year. I want to say it was right around, I think it was right after Christmas. And I'm surfing around. I can't remember if it was on Trait Sniper or something. But anyway, I just remember, it, I, I, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Little Pudgies was uh, minting around this time. And, today. Yeah, it's, they're well, one year just, old today. There you go. Okay. So I swear to God, it was like today around this because it was the night that they were they showed up on one of the tools and i was just learning how to find these uh you know i was like oh this this looks cool and i was looking at them and i was like going i spent an entire night just looking at how freaking cute they were and i was just going along and i'd never bought anything right because i just gotten rugged and all this stuff (laughs) but uh so i like i was crying crying in my beer but um it was just so awesome. And so I can't believe it's actually one year today. That's nuts. That's like synchronicity or something. Wow. Yeah, what are the odds Wild, of that? Right? You want to rog on the one year anniversary of uh, that is little pudgies. Uh, hey, Funky, are you familiar with uh, rods and why we call them rogs? You know, here's the funniest thing. 
I am I, I, I am not familiar with why they're called ROGs, but I will tell you this, as far as somebody, PP, I've seen a bunch of your tweets talking about ROGs. And <laughs> I thought you were talking about that NFT that launched like a month ago called ROGPOL. And I was like, what the hell do ROGs have to do with the, with the Pudgy community? Because I really like, I bought a bunch of them and I took a little bit of a loss on them. And I was like, maybe it's actually, maybe I'm confused. Hopefully it wasn't oh, because so of me. Sorry. No, it wasn't Hopefully. because of you. It wasn't okay, good. No, no, it's okay. But what was, and I didn't buy them because I heard you talking about it. I bought them before that. But okay. well, yeah, tell me that why they're called wrong. Okay, here's the lore behind that. So uh, back last fall, every single Pudgy Penguin was, um, they were able to claim a Pudgy present. And it was a bouncing egg. And, you know, all of us thought, okay, bouncing egg, it's got to be something alive. And then little pudgies came out. We're like, okay, well, I guess this, these are more just little pudgies, I'm sure. And so um, we held them for like three and a half months, and they were going to hatch on Christmas Day. And we're like, okay, we cannot wait for Christmas Day. So all of us gathered around the fire after we, you know, had you know Christmas with our families, and we all kept refreshing the metadata on uh, OpenSea. And then the egg hatches, and it's a fishing rod. Uh, and uh, <laughs> oh my God, really? Oh, but wow. hey, no, no, no. The best part, Gavin, is that the devs misspelled the three-letter word "rod" and it said oh. "pudgy <laughs> genesis rog." And uh, where's the infamous uh, screenshot? Let me see if he's in here. I don't know, but uh, what, Flip Drago, uh, one of our key community members, just tweeted, what is this? What the hell's a rog? And uh, our <laughs> official account tweeted, "Our devs are fixing this. Please hold on." Uh, but like, <laughs> one crazy. of Luca's main missions, like coming in, was like to fix the rogs because that's like one of the main reasons people freaked out over coal. And like, lo and behold, the community like and after we all freaking, realized yeah. we actually loved them. <laughs> it's the, like the such moment a... <laughs> someone offered us like a helping hand, like, "Okay, you were upset about this. Let me lift you up." And they were like. Keep your hands off my fucking fishing rod. Those are the, by the way, this is what, <laughs> that's this is what I'm so talking awesome. about. That, that's what makes this space special, right? Like, it's like, that's, going back to memes, it's like a personal community meme, right? Like, and you all know that, and you have this, like, touchstone amongst each other. Like, those are the things that make communities awesome in this space, because now you all have been through that. It's like you've lived through, like, a, it's not a traumatic experience. It's like a, it's like a bonding experience, right? Like, you're all part of this thing. hundred percent. Yes, we all have a shared experience, which honestly made the community a lot stronger in retrospect. That's a hundred percent right. And then it's like those it also made us a lot more righty, righty together. Oh yeah, as well. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I just brought up one of my friends, uh, Titan. This is PP tweets, by the way. I'm just running the chilling account. What's up, Titan? What's up, King? Bro, I have. I love. One night, much, man. The rock shit is so fucking funny. It really is. <laughs> like right, like. Theoretically, everyone who buys NFTs is a degenerate, like, meme guy. So, like, it's honestly arguably way better for penguins that that should happen. Like, I don't think people realize, like, the rock shit is massive and, like, led to so much. A hundred percent. And just, like, absolute volume, which is good. Like, right, like, as long as, like, the royalty shit, like, like bro, I, I want my teams to get paid so my backs don't go to zero. And, like... It made a massive amount of liquidity. Also, I have a good amount of penguins now, um, so I am very happy. There you go. So I, I like laugh. I was like talking to Cole when that shit happened. I was just like laughing so fucking hard because like, bro, like shit always goes wrong. Like you never <laughs> know. Like arguably, you can do everything right, and then like one thing goes wrong, and it's like, oh well, this sucks, and we have to change all shit. But it's like, bro, it's kind of fire that that happened. 
like one of your one yeah. of your arguably biz- biggest mistakes, which wasn't really like at the end mistake, turned out to be incredible for your community. It's just like that's kind of how it happens. Like it's not. It's like everything for penguins is very serendipitous yes. as like as it lines up. Uh, like the bad becomes good almost every single time, and like I think even Cole and the former founders would tell you that it's like, like we couldn't be happier with the way th- things turned out because Luca's really turning this thing around. Well, yeah, I mean, if you just look at the floor price, and it's like, bro, like, arguably, I, I would, I would think penguins are more recognizable than like, I like penguins in the art way more than I like punks or apes, like, way cuter. Like you want the kid, bro. Especially the like the 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 plushes, like bro. Like pudgy penguins could easily be like a TV show with like plushies and like a big like Christmas thing. Like that's way easier. One hundred percent. And I, I know we're we're working towards the two hour mark, uh, Funky uh, Titan. You got anything for Funky Donk up here? Um, don't spend all your money in one place. <laughs> oh thanks so much i appreciate that's, it that's good that's advice. all i'm gonna say that, that's that's probably good advice for everybody to be honest 100 percent. thank you for stopping by You're welcome king i'm gonna go drink some more because i've already started drinking for the night so see you king awesome shout out moose shout out actually agent <laughs> What's up, king? all right have a good night boys i really appreciate it later bro all right, well, I think we got it time for maybe one more question if uh, anyone else wants to pop up. But, uh, Fonky, any last words? Oh, geez. I don't know why. I'm I'm, I'm happy to uh, that I am my penguin now. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. So thank you, Moose, for that uh, incredible uh, experience that I'll never uh, forget uh, ever in my in my life. Uh, and I just want to say uh, my last words are, like, A, I'm happy to be part of this community finally. It's something, I like I said, I've been following PPE and his experience with this place for a while. And, and I've been following penguins for a while and, you know, through all the cool stuff and, and what's been going on with Luca and everything and super impressed and, you know, excited to kind of like learn about another community and kind of like dig in a little bit. I, I, one of the things that's always hard in this space is like how you spread your time out. Right. And like trying to pick the right, the right places to kind of spend your time and you, everybody has their own life and their personal life as well too. So I'm excited to kind of meet people and chat with them. If you, if you, uh, I'm always on Twitter and on Discord, so feel free to at me uh, at Funky Donk or even at my normal handle. Um, I should I tell people like my normal handle is at Gavin Purcell. That's my it's my day job handle. I like to put it. I, I tweet kind of non NFT stuff there, but and also go give a uh, old uh, at old uh, Men Beards a follow uh, just for the hell of it, and for no other reason, just to see what sort of dumb stuff we can do with a very very small low supply community. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say is uh, when the new team took over, we knew people like you would be coming into the community sort of clueless at the terms like ROG and like some of our lore that pops up like every single day in Discord. So I'm about to DM you a link. It's called our Pudgypedia. And it's basically a Wikipedia with like different things like you're going to see that you may be like, what the hell is this person talking about? So I'm about to send that to you right now. Is there anything? Give me, give me an example of something outside of ROG that I wouldn't maybe need to know. What's, what's another <laughs> okay. one? Hang on, just a second. I'm, uh, let's see, Lindy. There, well, everyone knows Lindy, right? But uh, exclamation point riot! If you see exclamation point riot, it, here's the verb uh, definite. We even def- have definitions on here. When things don't go as planned in the huddle, one by one, the penguins light their torches, marching through the snow, chanting this phrase. 
and it's basically a discord uh <laughs> it's a discord um what you call it? a command and you when you do riot uh, it pops up a bunch of penguin gifts like holding their torches. So if things are going wrong, like everyone's just like flooding the Discord with that chant. Yeah, you'll know about it. Yeah, you'll, you'll know. know. Okay, about great. It. Okay, last good. last good Christmas job. was was like Nam sixty nine. Honestly, <laughs> it was. <laughs> By the way, it really it was, was something. <laughs> those, of were, those of us who were in the space last year at this time. How weird is the moment now where it feels like we're a little bit in an uptick? Whereas last year at this time, it really felt like the month of December outside of Wolf Game, which is funny because Wolf Game is popping again now, but the month of December was pretty rough. And especially the end of December, it felt like that was when like everybody was tax harvesting and, and, and projects were like tanking right and left. So like yeah. it's kind of nice to feel a little bit of positivity right now. I mean, we've been through a hell of a shitload this year, so we all know <laughs> there's probably not like a lot yeah. of tax harvesting that can happen, but it's nice to see a little bit of a tick up. So that's I was on a space with uh, Kaleo earlier, like maybe a day or two ago, and we we're talking about this exact topic about you know people were tax loss harvesting so much last year because we we're so like we had such a run, um, but this year like the entire year almost feels like it's been down only. So like even if you sell for like a gigantic ETH gain in some of these NFTs now. Um, a lot of times it's going to be a loss, uh, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a completely different vibe uh, of a December right now. Um, I have arena. Ar- I don't think I've ever said your name out loud. So how do you say your name? Arena? Is that correct? Hi? Yes, you did great. It's arena. Awesome. I'm so happy you didn't go Ariana. So it's ah, arena. I, I let's go. It. You did it. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the stage. What's going thank on? You, thank you. Well, I just saw space decided to pop in, just hang out. Yeah, we're Good actually advice. wrapping it. Yeah, oh, we're okay. actually wrapping it up. But uh, feel free to hang on for the the remainder of the minutes. But um, but yeah, Funky, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a absolute pleasure. I didn't know how fun it was going to be, but we got to do it more often. Most definitely. I'm uh, I'm super excited to do this, and and PP always fun to hang out with you and. Nice to meet all the new penguins in here as well, too. And uh, hopefully I'll get to know more of you guys in Discord. Yeah, and, and, and Fonky, what are you? <laughs> I am a penguin. And then my penguin is me. All right, baby. Love it. It's very good to meet you. It was a pleasure. And, hey, uh, he, he, really, he must really like you because uh, most of the time he's going to make people say that at least 75 more times as loud <laughs> as they can. Um <laughs> Uh, and to close us out tonight, guys, I'm going to play the song that I played at the very beginning. Uh, it's from our uh, dear community member who's always up here. Let me see if she's – no, she's not in the listener. But Daniela made a Santa Pingy. Um, I, I tweeted it out earlier today, but um, thank you for joining us. Fonky, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a hell of a show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Santa Pangy, slip a pudgy under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa Pangy, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa Pangy, a wizard hat with four traits, too dark blue. Oh, wait up for you, dear Santa Pangy, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Think of all the fun I've missed 
think of all the penguins that I haven't kissed. Next year I can be oh so good. If you check off my Christmas list, ba do be do, Santa honey, I want a tuft, and really that's not enough. I've been an angel all year, Santa Panky, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa cutie, there's one thing I really do need: the seed. To a wallet online, Santa cutie, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa Pangy, and fill my stocking with mythic rugs like Bob's. Lime with flames would be fine, Santa Pangy, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Come and trim my Christmas tree with some regulations bought from pseudo sweets. I really do believe in you. Let's see if you believe in me. Badoo, Santa, honey, forgot to mention one little thing—a king. I don't mean on a throne, Santa, Pangy, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Hurry down the chimney tonight. Hurry down the chimney tonight.